Hey guys, and welcome back to another series of the boring shit you need to know in business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'm excited because this series, there's going to be more topics, more conversation, and some amazing business owners to share this time with. So let's jump in. Hey guys, and welcome back. It's so great to have you join me. With the state of the world still under this cloud of pandemic, and moreover, the uncertainty that it's created... More and more individuals are revisiting their business ideas or even looking more closely to their side hustle in an attempt to catapult it into a full-time gig. And why not? Ideas can create and do create a business. Look at the man who invented the pool noodle. He now currently sells six to eight million of them a year. That, my friends, is no side hustle. The point being that every business started as an idea, one that was either backed by the individual who came up with the idea or someone saw something in the idea and showed enough support to ensure that it got off the ground. We're living in times where consumer trends have shifted and we are more mindful about the way we're spending our money. Not only are we shopping more online, but we're shopping small and supporting our local businesses more and more to provide support for our country's growth. Could I say more? Anymore. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, with small to medium-sized businesses in particular dominating our Australian market at 99.8% of businesses, you can't ignore that it's a great time to revisit that idea or give your side hustle a red hot go at becoming more than just something on the side. But I'm not going to lie, the romantic notion of going into business can often cloud how tough being in business and more importantly, surviving in business can actually be. So today, I thought I'd get real about it. Not in an attempt to discourage you from doing it by any means, but actually to help you get through it. To ensure that when you look out into the world of social media and look at the sea of thriving businesses, that you don't feel alone when it comes to what you're experiencing. Because you will experience all of these that I have listed today or that I will list today. And don't worry that it doesn't mirror those visuals on our socials. Why? Because we all know that for every one beautiful image on our socials, there are at least 40 others that actually didn't make the cut. You know, gone are the days where you would, hang on, let me let me preface this by putting out a warning that I am going to give away my age right about now. Gone are the days where you would take a bunch of pictures on a camera roll. Yes, my friends, I said camera roll and send them off to get developed and hope and pray that you got at least one good one in all of that. For those that know, you know. And as a side note, when I look back at those pictures in my life, the ones that didn't actually make the cut, they make me smile even more. I find that they actually reveal more about what was going on at the time than the perfect ones, than the ones that actually made the cut. And I use this analogy because business is exactly like this. Not the rose-colored glasses we see when we scroll through our socials. It's the outtakes that I wanted to get real about today. Because that's 
what builds a business. Those moments, whilst they may be hard and far from perfect, they're the ones that will create the success. So in no particular order, but I will put a disclaimer in here and say, if you are listening to this point, be sure to stay on until the end one, because you won't want to miss that last one. So first up, let's get real. It can be lonely. Being a business owner can be very, very lonely at times. And I'm not talking necessarily about lonely when no one's around. Well, don't get me wrong. If there's no one around, going it solo is very lonely. But today I wanted to focus on the kind of lonely that exists when it comes to the real stuff. Because this is what being in business is about. Tackling problems, whether they be lack of sales, lack of cash, huge one, understanding what your customers are going to do next, wondering where your next sale is going to come from. That's a lonely place. Working out how you'll pay all the bills when they become due. Potentially it's finding out what works and what doesn't work, or even something as simple as deciding on your price point. Regardless of how many team members or how many people you employ into your business, those types of decisions and outcomes will ultimately rest on you. And the reality of the situation is, it can be very lonely. Those decisions, those moments, those thought processes can be lonely at times. Constantly wondering whether you've done the right thing or made the right move. Even the best of us decision makers can question ourselves at time. And this is the lonely that no one talks about when you go into business. Therefore, it is no surprise that next up on my list, without a doubt, number two, you will need a tribe. And networking is so important. We hear this word tribe all the time. We hear this word gather. We hear this word networking. You will, if you're going into business, without a doubt, need to surround yourself with mentors, with other people in the industry, with just generally other business owners. Potentially it could be great friends or supportive family members because the reality of being in business is you are going to need them. And it may support my first point of it just being lonely. But having a tribe, having a network, having people around you to support you will play into this positivity about being in business. They'll give you the real stuff. Not everything will be positive. That's not what I meant by positivity. What I mean is it just keeps you going. And not everyone you choose to surround yourself with will know exactly what you're going through. And it's actually not going to be easy to explain it to them. So go easy on yourself and go easy on them. But lean on them for what they can provide to you. For example, family can be the escape. My son just takes me so far from my business in such a good way. It's a way for me to detach and give myself enough space to clear my head. He is part of my tribe. He doesn't contribute to the success or failure of my business from a day-to-day basis, but he contributes to the success of my business purely by giving me that escape. He's part of my tribe. But I also have the support of those that have come before me, that have expertise in programs that I use in my business, for example. 
I have the support of those that are working in their own businesses and going through their own journeys. In addition, I learn something new from every client I work with. They are a big part of my support network. Without all of them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. You're going to need a tribe. You're going to need a support network. You're going to need to network and be around people that support you. The next one may sound straightforward, but you'd be surprised how often this isn't the case. So number three, you will need to ensure that you set your business structure up correctly in the beginning. Now, let me define beginning. Beginning could be at the start of you going into your business journey or when you start a new phase in your business. So for example, whether it be working out the appropriate business structure when you first get started or when that structure evolves and what needs you might have, or maybe when it comes time for you to be GST compliant, you may need to set that structure up in your business. So be sure to know what you need to do and what you need to actually do it. So it's going to be important right from the outset that you set up those types of structures as and when they come about. We live in a time where we are blessed to have everything at our fingertips. We can apply for our business names, business registrations, GST, do our own taxes, and basically everything else. And whilst I'm a big supporter of educating oneself to know these things, one thing I am also a big advocate of is to ensure that they're done right. Because I've seen all too often the consequences of not setting up these structures correctly. So once you've got an idea of how you want your business to be set up, or if you've got an idea of what phase you're at, and if there's going to be any adjustment to that, to the current structure or strategy that you have, be sure to run it past a professional or someone who's been in business who may have done it before themselves. Because you just never know what gap there may be until the gap causes a pinch of pain. And sometimes that pain is not pleasant. Okay, when thinking about the next one, it was really hard to describe, except to say that there will be highs, the highest of highs when you're in business, and there will be lows. This is without a doubt and without exception. No business owner is exempt from these highs and lows. Oh, and the kicker, they can actually occur both in the same day, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Talk to any business owner, they would tell you the same thing. But it's how we deal with them that will be the catalyst for the impact that they're gonna make on our journey. Now, not every low can be rationalized into a teachable moment, even though that's what we're going to be told. But at the time that we're at our lowest, we may not be able to rationalize it into that moment, into that teachable moment or that lesson. So be sure at this point to not be so hard on yourself when you can't find the purpose for why there's that low in your business. Because I can guarantee you on this note, the purpose will still come. The why will still come. And the beauty of it is you will eventually learn from it. In addition, let's not forget that there are also so many things that we can learn from the highs in our business. Which brings me to point number five. It is important to understand that early successes may be temporary. Yep, there you go. I said it. 
Not many people say it, but I'm going to say it today because I promised you I would be honest. Early successes may be temporary. Many businesses would have experienced this or will still be experiencing this as we see lockdowns come and go and consumer behavior adjust as they do so. Having said that, it's not just relative to pandemics. Trying to capture the information pertaining to these successes is going to be difficult as you would need to remove all the elements that may not be considered regular when you start to forecast for the future. Because don't think it's going to be as simple as potentially just adding another 5% to your starting results. These types of irregular activity that I talk about could be this whole, what I call the introductory impact. And consideration will need to be given here to the products and services themselves and what recurring customers are likely to need from them. Because this introductory impact that I talk of is this hype around a new product, a new service, everyone's getting excited about it. It may be that the good or service that you now offer are foundational in nature. And what I mean by that is that returning customers to your business may only need refills, or a byproduct of the foundational product that you've sold. So this would significantly adjust any expectations of the early, earlier successes that you've had and using them to forecast in the future. You just need to know that. And obviously, this doesn't apply to every product or service. There could be that clean reoccurring. But it's, it's something that I needed to mention because not a lot of people do. Number six, learning from others will be imperative to your journey. Imagine you could see into the future. Let's just say five years from now. Imagine you knew intimate details on things such as whether your idea is even a viable one or what may be some of the blocks to entering the market you're about to enter. Potentially knowing your customer's reactions to a product or service like this. Or it could just be something like buying patterns or relevant suppliers, etc. Well, guess what? There is. There are people who have walked the path that you're about to walk or that you're currently walking. They know the good, the bad and the ugly because they've been there. They are the best people who are going to tell you the truth about it all, who you can learn from. This isn't a weakness nor should there be any restrictions or pain points with competitiveness because we're all in this together. We're business owners. And if you find the right people, your people, they will support your journey. Now, don't get me wrong. They aren't going to give away everything. After all, they're still needing to make a living themselves. So be sure not to expect that from them nor be unappreciative of what they can offer you. Because at the end of the day, any information you gather from them is going to be valuable. Here's another one. Number seven, I think we're at now. Flexibility is real. I will agree to that when you go into business. But here's what they don't tell you. There is no such thing as a four-day week. Uh Uh-uh. There you go. I said it. When you're in business, I hate to tell you this, but in reality, four-day weeks don't exist. 
Certainly not when you're starting out in business. You may create a living and a life you imagined and it may involve you being in your business on average four days a week, but businesses don't come with the mentality of simply set and forget. We go into business mainly for the love of something we do or a product that we believe in. So we nurture it, even through the growth phases. It doesn't leave us. I will say, with the flexibility, yes, it's great. It can provide a sense of freedom and balance in life, but it does come at a cost. You see, flexibility can create inconsistencies in your brand. It can create a false sense of security even. So I will say that it needs to be managed. So this idea of the four-day week and flexibility when you go into business on your own, be sure to manage it and understand it. It needs to be carefully thought out. You need to slot it into place, plan around it, then you'll see the benefits of it. It doesn't just come. It's not just there. And whilst we're talking about plans, you know what I'm going to say. You need a business plan. Now, maybe this doesn't fall into the category of things people don't tell you when you're starting out in business, because I do think there is a lot of people saying business plans are important. Do a business plan. Don't forget your business plan. But it is something that doesn't actually get enough attention, in my opinion. Everyone hates more paperwork. I get it. Paperwork, computer work, whatever you want to call it. The reaction is often the same when it comes to creating a business plan. It's seen as just another thing I have to do. But this type of reaction, in my opinion, is often spawned from a lack of belief in the power of a business plan, or even perhaps from experience where you may have attempted something similar that you just didn't rely upon, or more to the point, didn't really know how to appropriately use effectively. You see, ideas themselves aren't worth much. There you go. I said it, they're not. What I guess people don't tell you is how mapping or creating a plan to ensure that your idea achieves your desired outcome actually has a lot more power than what it's ever given credit for. These business plans, a lot of power. There shouldn't be a set and forget mentality around a business plan. For your business plan, again, could I say business plan anymore? Sorry. (laughs) But for your business plan to be effective, For your business to succeed, you need to continuously revisit it, monitor it, measure it, tweak it, recreate it, devise new plans, and my friends, repeat. A business plan isn't just for the commencement of a business. It should be seen as a business tool. And let me tell you, it's an effective one at that. Another thing that people don't necessarily tell you when you go into business is that partnerships actually may be a good idea. I've learned this recently um, through a few business owners, but um, I wanted to put it on the list today because whilst they come with their set of challenges, finding the right partner can actually make all the difference to your business and its success and your business journey. But it doesn't just stop at personality or skill to set. Going into partnership with someone means understanding each other's roles, respecting each other's roles and knowing the boundaries. Partnerships can provide the support that may be needed just to get your business idea off the ground. 
And there are so many different types of partnerships that you can consider. There are active partners, silent partners. It's totally up to you. But you just need to find what you may need from one, if that's an option to you. But please be sure to set the boundaries around how you work together and make it legal. Sounds very official, but whether or not your husband and wife or best friends, putting pen to paper to ensure that the partnership details are outlined and noted will ensure success every single time. And when I say success, not necessarily of the business itself or the idea itself, but it will ensure success of the partnership, which is what you're relying upon to actually drive the business model. Partnerships could be a really good option if there's some hesitation in going into business on your own. So have a think about that. And last, but certainly not least, my friends, you know I'm going to say it, and I know a lot of people say it, but I'm going to say it again. You need to know your numbers. Whilst it is no secret that I stand by this 100%, you'd be hard-pressed, and I challenge you to find a business owner whether they be successful or not, that wouldn't agree with me. This is not a drill. You get one shot to make a first impression. Don't blow an amazing opportunity or first impression by screwing it all up down the track because you didn't take the time to learn the numbers of your business. And never blame it on it just being hard being in business. No, no, no. You control every result you endure in your business and knowing your numbers well enough will give you the visuals on these results. They will give you what you need to change the outcome if they are less than desirable than you would like. There isn't anything fluffy about this part of your business. One plus one will always equal two. There's no gray area here. You get what you get based on how you manage it. So what is your business worth to you? Is it worth enough to spend the time to learn your numbers just like you would getting to know your suppliers and their terms and conditions? Because that seems to be a sexy part of being in business. Or is it worth enough to spend the time to learn your numbers just like you would on your marketing and sales strategy? Again, really sexy part of the business. Bit of fun, bit of excitement. Or is it worth spending enough time to learn your numbers so you can continue to do what you're doing and make a nice living out of it? The choice is actually entirely yours. You see, whether you make $200 or $20,000 a month, knowing what to do next in your business based on your numbers will make the difference as to whether you get to do it all again next month. That's it from me, everyone. 10 things that people don't necessarily tell you in when you go into business or when you want to go into business. And there are probably more. And please, please share any if you have any. I'd love to hear your take on your journey and what other things you may have found that people just didn't tell you that all of a sudden you were slapped with, hit with, pleasantly surprised about, whatever it may be. But stay well, my friends, and whatever you're doing today, I hope you make it count. And that's it, guys, for another episode of the boring shit you need to know about business. I'm Amy Bajada, and I'll see you next time.